Okay, hey folks, welcome to the Art Shitty Opinion Podcast. I am so criminal, and remember, if you have any opinions, thoughts, or anything, Ashley, you can always give us a text or a call and leave a voice, an anonymous voicemail if you'd like, at 339-224-4341. Welcome to the first of hopefully many podcasts. Now, I'm just going to start off real quick. I'm going to jump right in here real quick, and I'm going to read something or some things and you need to bear with me here because i got to scroll and there'll be some pauses in here. So let's start with this. In high school civics, we were taught that American authoritarianism was an oxymoron. Authoritarianism was a relic of the past. America was a country founded in freedom, steeped in equality, injustice, and uniquely immune to it. Authoritarianism is best understood not as a policy preference, the way we talk about lower taxes or strong defense, but rather as a worldview that can be activated in the right historical moment by anyone with big enough megaphone who is willing to play on voters' fears and insecurities. When activated by fear, authoritarian-leaning Americans are predisposed to trade civil liberties for strongman solutions to secure law and order and they are ready to strip civil liberties from those defined as the other, in quotes. A far cry from the image of America as a country built on shared commitment to liberty and democratic governance. The political path to galvanize American authoritarianism is also well-worn and documented. First, purveyors of the paranoid style conjure in, quote, other. Second, this other is described as different from mainstream Americans and identified as a clear and present threat to majoritarian values and traditions. Third, the paranoid leader stokes fear that a hidden conspiracy to undermine mainstream values is afoot and alleges that the other is behind it, activating American authoritarians. Finally, in its most ver. Well, I don't even know what that word is. Manifestation, growing fear of the other is manipulated to rationalize actions that violate fundamental values, norms, laws, and constitutional protections guaranteed to all Americans. The enemies of democracy are self-interested men and women who exploit fear to secure and expand their power. Fear activates the reservoir of intolerance that resides across ideological and partisan divides. It dupes some of us into demanding uniformity over diversity, denigrating our neighbors and turning our back on the very motto inscribed on the great seal of our republic. Personally, this isn't me personally, this is just me still reading. We need to stop othering each other out. No matter, no more schoolyard labeling one another as libtard, snowflake, or deplorable. No more reveling in the drawing of differences between us and them. There is no enemy within except the self-interested misleaders who exacerbate our problems. The real enemy is ignorance, disinformation, the lure of simple authoritarian answers to complex problems. Institutionally, we need to rebuild faith in the institutions of government and democracy by demanding that our leaders are constrained by the rule of law and fundamental constitutional principles. Socially, we must confront and make peace with our history. We have much to be proud of as Americans, and we also have hist a history that needs to be confronted. This was an article p 
published by Politico, you know, the fact-checking Politico, um, on September 23rd of 2020, right before the Trump election. Now, I bounced around just to the key points because he does babble a lot and talk about all these... Um, oh, excuse me, I'm sorry, I forgot to say his name. Matthew C. McWilliams at Politico. Um, he wrote a book called On Fascism, 12 Lessons from American History. So him and a few people would poll people and talk about the authoritarian government that Trump had, or legacy that Trump had left for four years through his term. Now, I can get into the um, the Trump stuff, but my point of reading that was it sounds a lot like I'm describing what is actually going on right now. Because this is one of like three articles that I have read, but did not give any examples really, actually any examples of uh, Trump's authoritarian manner. They, he had mentioned, uh, where is it? Just American authoritarian will flourish if Trump wins the presidency again, and it won't magically vanish if he loses. I mean, that's he says that. He says it's prevalent in the country while he's here, but still does not give an example. He did a, a survey and found, you know, uh, what he called non-authoritarians and authoritarians. I don't know how he categorized that because I doubt people went into a survey being one or the other specifically. Um, I'm trying to see if he uses any examples. I've read this a couple times over, and he really doesn't. He just... Okay, here's the one thing that he kind of really says is in this. Everything else is just history and anecdotes. Um, Trump can remain popular with the base despite any number of policies that would have considered unconstitutional, anti-American, perhaps even criminal in the past by members of both parties. He has sent paramilitary forces from the Department of Homeland Security to quell, to quell nonviolent protests. Look the other way when a foreign power interferes in American elections. Celebrated the wounding of a journalist by police as a beautiful sight and sent, excuse me, spent an election year casting doubt on the very basis of our democracy, the electoral system, rather than working to protect it, all without eroding the main base of support. So basically what he's saying is that Trump did those things and that makes him authoritarian because there is a series of, of articles that I had found. Like just, it's, and I tried to read as many as I could, but I, just, I basically just kept with the, because they all basically were repeating themselves. And they really, none of them really gave examples of this Trump authoritarianism that they were talking about. They kind of just said, this is what he did a couple times and whatever. Now, I'm not saying he didn't make a authoritarian, um, what would be considered authoritarian moves, because I think every leader for every country, on every, no matter what the political spectrum, makes authoritarian, what would be considered authoritarian moves. Now, the difference is with what Trump has done was versus what is going on now is huge. Now, the previous, I'm just going to say the previous administration because it's just, it's, it's, it's a bunch of people. It's never just one. In the administration now versus then, I think we all know the difference. 
Right now, the government wants to sit in and control our lives for whatever reason, you know, whether it's over COVID or whether it's over the safety of uh, democracy or whether it's over a, f- a food supply chain that they said is, is n- there's no problem with. I mean, it's, there's multiple reasons why they seem to want to just control our daily lives. And we all know it all comes down to um, socialism and power. Because most of the stuff, like they said in this article, where it has to do with power and it has to do with with maintaining control of the people. I mean, this isn't anything new. The theory isn't new. The problem is, is that with these articles that were now this article, and this is what what triggered this was an article a couple triggered me to get to read this was there was an article a couple years ago. These are all op ed pieces, by the way. These aren't factually based things. Um, I will get to another couple of articles and points that were made, and one of them being the original one. It was I read it was from, I want to say it was from the, the New York magazine, but it might not have been. Yeah, it was like the New Yorker. I don't know. It was one of those. It was the first piece that I had found uh, that I read about it when it first came out last year or the year before. And then my buddy, a uh, liberal buddy of mine, sent it to me and goes, see, Trump is an authoritarian. Now, when you read the article, it doesn't say really anything. It doesn't give any examples. It's just this thought. It's This is what the media was doing. And this is both sides of the media. This isn't just, but this is the mainstream media, the legacy media, the media that, that everybody falls for more because there's less conservative media out there than there is mainstream media and pundits. Now, they would sit there and tell you he's an authoritarian, he's a racist, you know, that administration's horrible. They're all white supremacists. But they would never give you examples. This is the problem and what the problem was. They sit there and he would sit there and tout there was he, he was an authoritarian regime for four years because what? Because he brought races together despite the fact that they say that they separated them. No, they told you he separated them. But somehow he ended up with more support from minorities and losing support from white um middle-aged women instead, okay? Because if you see the demographics of where everything switched, you can compare them to the demographics of the people who watch certain news networks. Um, this isn't shocking, okay? When he, the, the success that he had, no one would ever give him credit for except the people who were paying attention, all right, in himself because he is a blowhard. I mean, I'm a, a, as big a Trump honk as anybody else, but he is a, he is a blowhard and talks a lot. But... There was never a time when he sat there and said, you can't do this. You need to do it, we say. You need to do what the federal government is telling you to do. When when everything was closed at the beginning of COVID, he wanted everything to be open. And he didn't want to to sit there and tell you how to live your life and how to do things. Now, the difference between the Democrats and Republicans is, you know, Republicans believe you can and Democrats think you can't. And they want to control, you know, basically all aspects of your life so you can rely on them. And that's clear and obvious now and has been in just one year. When we have an administration who wants to sit there and try to find, in media, who wants to sit there and find every way to control you because of a a virus that isn't doing what they say it's doing. I'm not saying it's not a bad virus. I'm not, I'm just saying it's not doing what they're saying or they want you to believe that it's doing. And it's created this group of people 
who sit there and separate themselves and scream at each other and just like they found a new way to separate people. You know, they they still run around with the race thing, but the race thing really isn't working as well as they thought they would it, it would anymore. You know that you can sit there and say the you know that previous administration was the one that separated and created this race thing. It really didn't. It didn't. When you gain more support and you get more support from the races that are supposedly that you hate, um, then you know that it's not working. So they can sit there and shove it down your throat all you want, and it, it, but there's no evidence to the fact. There is enough evidence now in one year of this administration to show the authoritarian manner of them and how they want to control you than there, ever, than there was in the previous, you know, I would say 20 years of what, what's been going on in government. So the, the plan is there and what they're doing and try, trying to control um, people. I'm going to read, this one actually gives examples. This is an, an article from The Guardian from November of 2018. They actually give some examples. It's like four people, authors or reporters or whatever you want to call them. I don't really call them journalists anymore. There's very few of those. Um, you know, this is one where... Um, the authoritarian, this is, these are quotes I'm reading. The authoritarian wants us to lose our faith in our ears and eyes, what we read and what we observe, so that we can be more dependent on them. Um, that's pretty much what's going on now. They want us to not pay attention to the Joe Rogans or the Dr. Malones or the data that's actually out there. You know, there was a there's a plenty of people who spent the beginning of covid the middle of covid explaining what was going what the numbers were seeing the numbers and basing their decisions on how they lived their lives off of the numbers and these were numbers from the cdc these are numbers from actual doctors and reputable doctors not fake lie doctors that they're telling you they are or the ones that they people like on the left seems to have with claiming they are doctors and they're not these are actual doctors. There have been stories out there, plenty of stories um, that have come out about the media suppressing information on uh, hydrochloroquine or, and as we know, ivermectin now and those type of things. And it's like they're, they, they say that the previous administration wanted to control the media and they were telling you that you know, by downing the media and taking away those voices and, you know, not using your, your own eyes and ears is exactly what this point was. And they, they want you to, to take that away from. This is what they were taking away from. Trump shitting on the media wasn't him telling you that you can't use your own eyes and ears. It was telling you, don't listen to those people. Do your own fucking homework. That's all it was. But people got to take everything so fucking literally because they're stupid. Because no one, the, the people who can't think for themselves are clear and obvious. You know, they can't do their own homework. They can't go out and find their own information despite saying that they do. Because they don't give a shit. They're headline readers, and that's it. I don't even, like, even now I read headlines, and I'm like, oh, I get jolted for a minute. And by read a fucking article and find out it was just a, a clickbait headline. And these are from conservative media groups that I read. You know, I don't because it's just the way business goes. But we all get a, and it's stupid. But it's all what we need to do to get away from the sensationalization of words and actually look at the facts. And that's all he was doing. Now they're trying to sit there and take away your own ears, 
in eyes by controlling what's on social media, by banning, um, by banning uh, media on Twitter for for exposing a story about Hunter Biden and his laptop that they say was this and that, which ended up not being true. So you banned a whole newspaper. That's what control is. That's authoritarian. And then when you have uh, uh, the, the, the present administration asking those media groups to help them with what they quote is misinformation, you know, there's a difference, folks, between it used to be disinformation, then it became misinformation, and there is a difference. You know, that's why they changed it, because they realized they were legally wrong, okay? Disinformation is when the people say something, you know, and it's, and it's not correct. Misinformation is when it is when you say something, it is correct, but it doesn't follow what is actually being told in, re- in its reference. Um, and hold on a second, I got a text, and yes, I will get interrupted with text. And that is what authoritarian is, according to this specific liberal reporter. Um, another quote here. Um, okay, the trademark of his tenure, Newart tweeted, has been for Trump to assert that his version of reality is the only legitimate one and that all others are fake. He uses the gap as a wedge to drive his followers closer. Now, I can see what he's actually saying here. I do. And with that, I don't actually completely disagree with this. The problem is, is that the people, his vote, his voter base, I hate the word followers, um, need to do their own their own research. When he says something, you have to look it up because he does love to exaggerate, and that's one thing we do like about him. He take he he he, he exaggerates things, but we got to take that in stride because he does exact he did and does exaggerate a lot with his numbers or with his wording, and, and you know it's endearing because that's what we like about him because it's his version of being dramatic. But it, I do agree with him. As you know, that statement that he did do that. Um, okay, here's a great one. <laughs> Challenged by the press on the move, Trump attacked, telling CNN's Abby Phillip it was a stupid question and turning on her personally. You ask a lot of stupid questions. And I remember that. I remember seeing that. And, you know, I give him credit for telling the truth. And she probably did ask a lot of stupid questions. But it's funny because that you will see this stuff, and they will all they'll, they would reference this all the time. How mean he is to the press, and he's the enemy of the press, and he's he's suppressing the press. Um, does anybody see what's going on right now? So if this is authoritarian in his in these in the this liberal leaning or left leaning article, then um, yeah, what's going on now is the same. Just yesterday, Joe Biden referred to Peter Ducey as a stupid son of a bitch, okay? And he's, I put a highlight reel, I didn't put it together, I posted a highlight reel, originally posted by Benny Johnson, of Biden attacking the media and calling them various things and saying various things about them. But no, he does not get called out for it. But if that's authoritarian, there's another authoritarian example for you. Um, 
Authoritarian-minded rulers want us to feel that the power is unstoppable, that they are unbreachable, they are strong, they are intimidating. They want us to be intimidated. And they also want us to feel that their triumph is irreversible. This is exactly what's going on now. You hear big words from the... You Actually, this is the thing. You'll hear these big words and strength from every leader. I'm sorry, but it's the truth. But if they're going to use this against the previous administration, they got to use it against the present administration, okay? Because they're doing the same thing. Fauci calls himself science. That if you're going against Fauci, you're going against science. Um, Biden will always consider himself in using intimidation by saying when, we, when, they, the, um, when they were talking about taking away guns or whatever the, the, the gun debate was just a few months ago, you know, and talk about the reason for the amendment is to, to protect yourself against tyranny and what the government is doing, you know, if they were coming after you. And he says, he, he said that he would, we have nukes. So he's intimidating his own citizens by saying he would nuke them. You can look up that quote and it's easily and find it. Okay, so there, intimidation, you know, and to make you fearful of him. So there, there's another one. Um, what happens is that they crack under pressure. Okay, okay, blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, they crack under pressure because these, quote, strongmen are actually very weak and brittle people. We already know that about this administration. Um, but that's just a psychoanalyzation. For example, he's been threatening the press forever. He's been threatening to take their access away, but he actually did it. He did it to the reporter who has been the chief person who stood up to him the most. That is a, a reference to Jim Acosta, that piece of shit who loves himself more than anybody. Okay, Jim Acosta was just a dick. You know, to push a woman away, trying to take the microphone away. Fine, I understand, you know, Peter Ducey's a lot nicer about it. So Peter Ducey is the Fox version of Jim Acosta at this point. But Jim Acosta did ask a lot of dumb questions and he just blatantly attacks. Rather than just asking questions about what's going on, he would attack. And he was angry and he was bitter and he, about it. And Trump took his access away. Now, what this present administration is doing instead is, like we said earlier, is they are asking social media platforms to lead the charge on misinformation. Now, we could do a whole podcast on misinformation alone, but we are intelligent people, and we know about the... Oh, gosh, hold on a second. Sorry about that. Um, when mom calls, you got to answer. But yes, as far as mis misinformation, so the government sit there and will want you... They're asking people to literally censor the media. They're asking people to censor other people's voices to, to get information. Now, here's the problem. The, we should all have a right, and we do have a right, but we should all have the right to sit there and take opposing information and come up with our own conclusions. But, but what they want you to do is just hear one side of it. The one side that never gives you evidence. For two years, we've heard from Fauci and all these supposed experts, the CDC, Pfizer, Moderna, and all these companies about, we're the science, this is what the information says, this is, we're just going by the data. Have they ever told us the fucking data? Have they? Have they ever mentioned anything and told you, this is the data, this is what they said? Because I do recall one time when the um, Michelle Walensky did show us the data and the math was wrong. I had to go to the CDC website myself and redo the math because she said something was like 10% uh, 
of people were dying. When it was when in I you went and looked at the numbers, it was actually point zero two five percent. She fucked it up and she just reported on it and never corrected it. Now this is very common. They will report numbers and then be corrected a couple days later if you if from people who actually look them up from where they post it, if you can find it on their website and read through their gibberish and bullshit. And then it'll be reported elsewhere and they'll never correct themselves. It happens now, it happened then, and it's gonna continue to happen. So they keep asking the media to help them with this, like I said, this misinformation that we all know is not misinformation. I mean, like you look at, um, uh, what's his name? Alex, uh, Alex Berenson, banned off of Twitter. He's a journalist, an investigative journalist who's been following and covering COVID better than any journalist in this country, if not the world. He follows and reads every study he can find from every country on what's going on with COVID. And he got kicked off of Twitter quoting the CDC by saying he was misinformation. He was told, he, he had said that the Delta variant would, and then he said the Delta variant would eventually make its way over here and talking, he was talking something about, because basing it off the Israeli study, he's been able to figure out the likelihood of certain variants and certain outcomes of the vaccinations and whatnot. So he was talking about the Delta variant and the strength of it and how the vaccines uh, wouldn't do anything about it. He got kicked off at Twitter. Lo and behold, three months later, it happened. And they didn't give him, you know, and they, and they still won't give it back to him. It's ridiculous. So, again, example, oh, and to talk about attacking the media, Trump took away Peter, uh, not Peter Ducey, took out um, douchebags' um, credentials to speak, ask questions at press conferences, because he actually did press conferences, because now we have an administration that does a press conference, I don't know, once in every blue moon. Um, the FBI is raiding Project Veritas. Now, you can sit there and not like Project Veritas, I, you know, and I can understand that. That's fine. But they are one of the last true investigative political journalists out there because 90% of the people out there, 90, I'll say 99% of the stuff that we read, that I read, that we see, are all op-ed pieces or just reporters, in, in in with op-ed thrown in, where Project Veritas actually shows you evidence. Now, the funny thing is, is I would bring up Project Veritas what, back a year or two ago when they would start, when they started making steam, and everybody, all the my liberal friends would always throw at me, look how many lawsuits they had against them. Okay, great. I can put a lawsuit against you too and sue you, but you know what? doesn't mean you win the lawsuit. Anybody can do anything. He's won all his lawsuits that people have pulled against him. And they seem to leave that bit out. If you go to Wikipedia, they still sit there in the Wikipedia page. which obviously doesn't mean much, but it just went straight slanders because when I went and researched them because I was like, eh, you know, I never heard of these guys and, you know, I don't know what they're about and maybe they are a little bit, you know, because um, you're get, always getting accused of um, selective editing. Or whatever, and it didn't, none of the cases they had ever won. But that's like the big thing. There was selective editing, you know, like the media does now, like CNN's been caught doing. 
you know, several times. And you can look those up too if you'd like. Or you can call, leave a voicemail or a text at 339-224-4341 and I will find them for you and post them on uh, my our Instagram page, our underscore chitty underscore opinion. And you can find it there if you'd like because uh, not everybody apparently will do their own homework. But um, he, Project Veritas is probably the last of the few great political, actual investigative journalist companies out there now. You don't have to like them, you don't, but you should respect them. And even other proper journalists will respect them. But get back to my point, now he's got the federal government knocking on their door with no, with, with no probable cause. Because this is what we found out. If you look at a lot of what's going on, the FBI is being sent to silence people that this, this administration does not like. It's happened a series of times. It's happened to people who sit there, normal people who have protested against them. I'm not talking about the, quote, insurrection, okay? Or, the, or as I'd like to prefer to, idiots trespassing events on January 6th. It's happening to people who might have, um, the, the guy who started the walkaway movement, who, 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 who was, who was um, a grassroots movement of people sharing the stories about why they, they left um, the Democratic Party, just regular people, why they stopped voting for them and stopped being liberal or leftist or whatever it is. Now, he's got to be on, like, I don't know, house arrest or something for three months because he said something he didn't like. You know, there's a Democrat, I want to say, even a Democrat in, I think it was Texas or Arizona recently, who is who had his house raided because they, he was doing something they didn't like. But they keep making up reasons why. But once your house is raided, it doesn't matter because they can sit there and do all the stuff to you and then go, oops, and nothing happens. So they're continuously doing this, this administration. It's absolutely ridiculous with no basis of anything. But Project Veritas gets attacked because what? Because nothing, because he didn't, he didn't do anything. But they want to make a claim because he had... Um, President Biden's daughter's diary that was given to him and not illegally, as they ended up finding out. They had no premise for doing whatever they did, and they were breaking the law in the process by taking the cell phones. So, it, it, again, you can add another authoritarian strike against this administration. Um, let's see, let's see. Let's see. Um, what else was there that they say in the see like I said there's not a much they don't do yeah there's nothing else in that article that is the article the Guardian article by Tom McCarthy from November eighteenth twenty eighteen you know again another one with minor maybe examples but mostly just feelings now here's the original article that I found. Um, it was from Jonathan Chait. Trump has gone full authoritarian from New York Magazine. And if you read through it, and it's not actually that long, um, this is how he opens it. A little more than a year ago, President Trump made one of the most terrifying prophetic statements of his presidency. Quote, you know the left plays a tougher game. It's very funny. I actually think that the people on the right are tougher, but they don't play tougher. He told Andrew Breitbart, I have the support of the police, the support of the military, the support of bikers for Trump. I have the tough people, but they don't play it tough until they go to a certain point, then it would be very bad. 
very bad. End quote. Now, he says, there are two remarkable things about the statement. One is Trump's casual conflation of the state security forces, police, military, etc., with extremely unofficial political activists, bikers for Trump. In his mind, they are blurred together in a kind of private militia. The second is a view of violence as an extension of politics. The context of the statements as congressional oversight of his administration. The passage immediately following this threat to unleash bloodshed was, but the left plays it cuter and tougher, blah, 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 blah. I remember him actually saying that. But I don't see the authoritarian point in that. Like I said, that's a very common thing for leaders to say or, or feel about themselves. I shouldn't say say, but feel. Um, now, the whole thing, the rest of the article seems to be more that... Um, Trump's view of the the police and you know how the police treat people and it goes into how the treat the police treated people at these peaceful protests so badly um, and it's basically based off of that. What the hell is this? Um, I don't know what's going on. My phone was just dinging. I don't really understand what's going on. Sorry, I was distracted. Sorry, text. Um, it was actually about the podcast. Um, yeah, and then he goes goes into um, basically it's it's <laughs> the idea. There is no justification. This is what the, the author says. There's no justification for instigating violence or destroying people's neighborhoods. But Trump has not exactly devoted his life to the principle of strict legal compliance. Put aside his long history of criminal behavior and associations that alone would forfeit any moral standing he might have. Trump has, and this is in, um, uh, what's it called? This is a reference to a New York Times article about him as outright fraud, in addition to numerous schemes that have been subject of litigation, making him a bigger thief than ever. Let's just click on it and see what they're, returning, what they're referencing, and I can't because you have to pay for it, and God knows I ain't paying the New York Times for shit. Um, so if you want to find the, the supposed article that talks about him stealing millions of dollars. Now, we can get into that with um, China Joe and the allegations are going out. Now, there's a difference between coming up with what you would quote yourself as saying is outright fraud and actual evidence. People keep calling him, he's a criminal, he's a criminal. Well, he's still here. And again, allegations and is not an outcome. I can make allegations against anybody. You can make allegations against anybody. So, again, evidence, court, letter of the law. Is it always correct? No. Other, it's, is there the ways around it? Of course, we know it is, but this is no different than what this administration is doing, too. It's been long time coming in mentioning of the Biden family's Dealings with China. There's a book that's been out. Now, I don't trust books, but there's a book coming out about the whole situation and about getting $31 million in, in money in dealings with China. Now, I always think books are kind of should be taken with a grain of salt because they are 
very, especially if they're biased and they're going against people. I mean, I think everybody's got a bone to pick. So the, I, the book isn't out yet, so it'd have to be find the information. But there has been more proof of the possibility that the Biden family is has done business dealings with China and that President Joe Biden is very aware of what was going on, despite the fact he says he didn't. There's been proof and there's evidence of it, but no one wants to investigate it. Now, that's kind of fucked up. Now, I'm not going to play, keep, I'm not going to go around playing the game, well, when Trump was his office, if Trump kid did this, because we already know. We already know what it would be like. We don't have to play that game. You know, what the media would do if that was Donald Trump Jr., you know, or if Ivanka Trump came out with a diary that, that said that, you know, she showered with her father and it was very uncomfortable when she was 12 years old. But, you know, everybody wants to ignore that when it's Joe Biden. The media has wanting to do about, about it and they want to sit there and ban people, send the FBI at their fucking house or tell you that, um, that it didn't happen, you know, and make up excuses of why they're banning you or they're suspending your accounts. And then just to find out after an election or whatever that, you know, oh, oh, I'm sorry, you know, that, that what, you know, what you did wasn't illegal. It's all bullshit. It's, it literally is. So there's another little piece they add to this. Just over a month ago in Michigan, armed militias stormed the state capitol in a quasi-insurrection against public health regulations, menacing the legislature into con- canceling its session. In the face of its blatant assault on law and order, Trump lectured the state's governor to, repl- to placate the, the, their demands. The governor of Michigan should give a little and put out the fire. These are very good people, but they are angry. See, he tweeted, see them, talk to them, and make a deal. The only deal Trump wants to offer anti-cop protesters is a face full of pavement. This is what he says. Now, I don't know where that came from or what that has to do with uh, what he said about storming the state capitol, but I can recall, now this article was written... Uh, was released on June 6, 2020. Now, if we go back in time a little bit, hold on a second. Let's see. To 2018, when AOC and a group of people stormed Nancy Pelosi's office in the Capitol and did a sit-in or whatever else, demanding them signing some sort of deal on uh, the climate plan or some bullshit um, tax grab. And no, nothing, nothing about it. You know, like they, they, they literally, I will use their terminology, they stormed the Capitol, 100 or so people, another fucking a member uh, of their group, another congressperson stormed with them and nothing happened and no one gave a shit. Again, the hypocrisy in supporting such things. Um, And it continues going on with Trump's view of the police and supporting of the police and yada, yada, yada. Um, Again, it's still going on police, whatever. So you can go and find your own out. This article was written by Jonathan Chait, like I said, for The New Yorker. And basically the whole point of this podcast is to basically cover the hypocrisy of everything that's going on. We're not, we're all aware of it. Hopefully there's people on here who might not be super aware of it, but I mean, to, to sit there and be told for four years that there was an administration who was sitting there trying to control us, telling us what we got to do and 
you know, being racist and separating people only to find out that the next administration that they said was so presidential, so proper, so for the people is literally against the people. All right. has done everything they possibly could to be anti-American, has done more to help foreign nations than helping their own nation by shitting on people, by finding a new way to divide people. You know, forget that, like I said, the racist thing isn't working. So now they're going to have maskers versus anti-maskers or mandates against anti-mandates or whatever. You know, and it's absolutely ridiculous. And they have created it. So if you're going to sit there and say that the previous administration was separating people, then you got to fucking sit there and ball the fuck up and realize that this administration is doing the same thing. This is for the people who voted for this piece of shit. All right, you didn't have to vote for Trump, but you voted for this fucking guy, because you because you got you're a fucking idiot, okay? And you got to realize what he's doing, and the fact that you wanted this, you wanted to pay more for shit. That you're gonna sit there and say like, yeah, I got a raise at work so I can cover the fucking seven percent inflation rate. So you didn't get a raise, okay? You're gonna sit there and say justify the fact that you're gonna pay an average of, you know, three twenty five a gallon for fucking gas. You know, I mean, it's just like, like, so they can, again, sit there and tell you to go buy a fucking electric car that you can't afford, to to sit there and and pay for more fossil fuels and to say they don't want because electricity doesn't come out of fucking the midair. But Tesla, Nikolai Tesla, thinks it can, and it probably can, but they're hiding that technology and that thought from us if it does exist. But that's a conspiracy for a whole nother day. But they want you to go out and buy an electric fucking car. So what? So you can get it into a car that you can't fix, that costs a fortune to get fixed, and then once it's dead, you have 300 and something fucking batteries per car that you can't recycle or use. And that will sit there and destroy the environment, let alone destroying the environment to get the fucking lithium for the goddamn batteries to begin with. But not. You know what I mean? Because you know what happens? You know who profits off of the batteries and the lithium that you have to get? Oh, I don't know, the Chinese in Afghanistan? Mr. Biden's two favorite fucking people right now? Oh, no, I'm sorry. He loves the Russians, too. You know? You cannot sit there and shit on the previous administration for all the stuff that you say you, you, that, that you hated and that he did and not see and in one year what this motherfucker has done to this nation. And one thing I will give him credit for, he has woken up the nation more than, than um, not more than, but he has woken up the, this administra- uh, the, the citizens a little bit more than the previous administration has. Trump has woken up the people in this country to a shitty system and the corruption of how government works by being a non politician becoming president. This administration has woken people up to the fact that Trump was correct about the bullshit that this country, its government, plants on its, its own citizens. You know, you want to sit there, you know, we wanna, let's get into the election thing real quick. You want to sit there and say that Trump un, was undermining the election by questioning it before, he, before the election in 2020. So what does this dickhead in office do now? He questions the integrity of 
elections by wanting to change the law. So basically, he's agreeing with Trump by saying that the the, the elections are wrong and it's a it's a attack on our democracy. We could get into, when that gets brought up again. We can go against. We can go and go over all the rules in the states that they sit there and say are attack on the democracy, which aren't even true. <clears throat> the funny thing is, is when they when the Georgia rights laws came on and said it was an attack on democracy because you want a voter ID and all these other things that they mentioned that were not that are not true that they still tout to this day and that people like Whoopi Goldberg and that fucking redhead old lady uh, Joy Behar and the View people and the news media still I seen it even two weeks ago when I was sitting in the coffee shop watching it on um, whatever news channel they had it on saying about. You know, it was a supposed, you know, election expert talking about these election laws in Georgia undermining um, things. And she started listing off the things, and they were literally all lies. Because you can just go, simply go to the website in Georgia, the government, Georgia government website, and look it up yourself and see the lies. But, you know, they know most people aren't going to do that. But it's still pressing the same fucking lies because it's an attack on democracy by asking for a fucking ID. But yet, you need an ID to get vaccinated and they're forcing everybody to get vaccinated. So that's the racism there. So if you're going to call Republicans racist for wanting voter ID and to prove who you are to help be part of the decision process on who runs this fucking country, then you got to obviously call this administration racist but for wanting only white people to get vaccinated because that's what that translates as, okay? It's ridiculous. So let's continue, you know, with the authoritarian uh, regime, should we say, that is going on now that the the media seems to completely fucking ignore after spending four years of shitting on Trump and the other, the previous administration with zero credible evidence and anecdotal proof. Because he did not once... In four years, that I feel like that my job was at risk, that I wouldn't be able to buy food, that I wouldn't be able to drive somewhere long distance because of the gas prices. Never once did I fear that someone else was going to attack this country. Did never once did I fear that I was going to have an implosion of people in the middle of night coming to my general area being flown in that could be potentially spreading this COVID virus that I'm supposed to be scared of, could be rapists and criminals, okay? It's just like I don't live in fear, but there are people who do. So to sit there and say that President Trump was fear-mongering by talking about the invasion at the southern border. Well, since it's so fucking easy to get in through the southern border, they also had a bunch of other people from other countries and terrorist nations sneaking through. They also have a shitload of drugs coming through willy-nilly, no fucking problem. But no one seems to care about that. This administration doesn't give a shit about your fucking health. They have not told you one thing to make your life better, to live a healthier life in two fucking years of this whole, what is it? Yeah, this whole thing going on. Never. Trump tried to mention one thing, and he said they accuse him of telling people to drink bleach. No, those people are stupid and can't read a fucking label. And that the one instance that they used was this woman in Arizona, and they find out it was just a lie, that she lied about it. She didn't even do it. 
But they didn't go back and apologize about that because Jen Psaki had mentioned it a month ago in one of her press conferences, kind of like under the radar there by throwing it in there. Previous administrations telling you to take, um, to drink bleach. Shut the fuck up. Like, seriously? Like, it's not even, tr- like, why, what's the point of spreading shit that isn't true? This goes for both sides. Why we? Why do we want to spread shit that isn't true if we're, we're in the role of supposed to be, like, talking to citizens. We're talking friends one-on-one. I'll call you a fucking pedophile because you call me a racist for supporting Trump. I don't give a shit. You support a fucking child sniffer, you know? And his son, and his son got caught with fucking underage girls who happened to live, be in his family. How fucked up is that? No one talks about that, you know? So if you're going to sit there and there's going to be people and the media wants to sit there and shit on the previous administration. No, they sure the fuck better do it now because you know what? By their guidelines, and by their layout, and just those three articles alone that had very minimal examples of the authoritarian shit going on because I don't, like I said, I don't recall living in fear for four fucking years about my job, about, you know, uh, or being told that you know, my health is at risk because of some fucking bullshit false numbers and some asshole doctor, you know, um, and I was never told to not listen to my health professionals on things, you know, and that they're liars because they told me I shouldn't take something or blah, blah, blah. You know, I was, there was never fear running around. What fear did the Americans live under under the Trump administration? Someone please tell me. What fear? They will tell you that they live under the fear of police beating them up and all this shit. Well, you know what? Those same people who lived in fear of being beat up were busy destroying $2 billion in businesses and killing 18 people, including police, um, and striking fear into local communities, taking over cities and parts of cities in Portland just to sit there and be aggressive toward other people blowing up federal buildings and being given a pass. None of these people went to fucking jail. Some of them did, actually, have been caught and went to jail. A lot of them were let out by the administration that's in there now. This administration wants to allow you to be scared as a citizen. They don't want to protect you. Last administration wanted to protect you. This administration wants you to live in fear. They protect themselves by putting up these walls and these barriers around the Capitol building and the White House when 100 fucking people decide to be assholes in trespass on the Capitol. And you get another fucking hundred people pounding on doors and doing and being obnoxious. But you know what? None of them were armed. But they want you to sit there as a citizen and accept the fact that people might rip down, you know, at one point we're gonna fucking knock down your window, knock down your doors, fucking pull you out of your business and steal all your shit. Which is still actually going on over in in California on a regular basis. They say that in one of those articles that Trump was sitting there, you know, championing um, violence. I I don't I don't see it. I could probably maybe see a couple of examples, but the, but nothing he he said or done caused two billion dollars in private citizens' damages and did not kill eighteen people. Nothing didn't happen. But you might say it will because you had this shooter here who might have believed this or this shooter here who might have believed that. Well, they suppressed all the other shooters who were Bernie supporters or Elizabeth Warren supporters. But you you can look those up too, but they don't want to talk about those. But no, 
That's the problem with this country. That's the problem with this supposed authoritarian shit. Because this is actual authoritarian shit right now. This is it. You could get away with sitting there and, you know, standing, posting photos of you with with, uh, a fake head of the president cut off. And everybody was like, this is great, blah, blah, blah. You say fuck Joe Biden and the media says, oh my God, he, it's, it's being so mean. You can't be so mean to him. You know, he's just a fragile old man who wears his fucking sunglasses and eats ice cream. Chocolate, chocolate chip. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, seriously, shut up. Could you be any more obvious? You're not, you're not a reporter. You're not a journalist. You're just somebody with a shitty fucking opinion. Just like us. You should be on the show. But for Christ's sakes, report the fucking news. You know, report it as it's seen. Because this is the problem. We all see it. And they think we're so fucking stupid because there is a handful of people in this country that are that fucking stupid to believe them. But as the polls keep coming out and the numbers keep coming out, it keeps, it it, it changes. And people are starting to fucking wake up and realize it. And that's one great thing, you know, that the, the only good thing that they think this administration has done in this one year is show how much of a fucking fucked up party the Democrat Party actually is. Um, so I'm, I think I'm done ranting and raving about authoritarian. And I hope I made my point with the, the few examples that I could stumble across and see and read to you. Um, now I'm going to go over briefly some... See if I, there was, this has been a slow news day. I'm not going to lie, you know. There's um there's not really much for for headlines, so we'll, we'll go over. I'm going to skip the CDC monkey thing. I think we already know a bunch of stupid shit about the CDC, but the um but the United States government is sit, or, or is thinking about sending troops over to protect the border of Ukraine. Not protect our own border, protect the border of Ukraine. Ukraine is not a country part of NATO, so the rest of the NATO countries don't particularly care too much about what's going on right now, and I don't think we should either, to be honest with you. Now, this isn't a left-right thing or Democrat-Republican thing, to be honest with you. I think it's more of a um, opinion thing that whether we should go and get involved in such a thing. Now, the funny thing is, is that Biden invited Russia to go, you know, in, take a step in across the border. And he tried to act tough saying that, oh, you know, oh, but if he goes any further, dude, shut the fuck up. You've done more for Russia than you've done for us. And nobody's going to help sit there and help the Ukraine because, you know, Germany's not going to because they'll, they'll lose their oil and so on a few other countries. So that's not going to matter. Then you have um, China flying 39 um, fighter jets over Taiwan to intimidate them, which would force Taiwan to to protect themselves. And if people haven't woken up and seen what the hell is actually going on, you have two countries all of a sudden intimidating other countries, maybe not the United States necessarily. Now, other countries that, it's a superpowers, which would be, you know, I don't think Russia is as much as a superpower, but you look at China, you look at Russia, and we can think of other, you know, um, England and so forth as superpowers. And you look at what they're doing, and they are causing um, a little, stirring a little bit of 
stirring a little bit of, um, I don't know, stirring the pot, we'll just say. Because this is their opportunity to do so. You know why? Because they view the United States as weak. Because they don't know what they're going to do or what they would do. China says the U.S. shouldn't get involved in what's going on in Taiwan. Now, the problem is Taiwan controls a shitload of stuff that controls. They don't control. They manufacture a shitload of stuff that controls our everyday shit. From anywhere from our toasters to our cars. Anything happens to that shit we could be fucked. You think this is a supply chain issue now and a functioning issue? Wait till something happens to Taiwan from China and we can't get shit to operate anything mechanical. So what do you do? Same thing in Russia. Biden's clearly buddy-buddy with Russia, clearly has been connected to things going on in the Ukraine over the years. Surprise, surprise. So what's he do? Those are two friends of his. Putin ain't afraid of shit. The, 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 what I, an interesting fact is in four years when Trump was in office, no countries did anything like this. Maybe with the exception of Hong Kong, but Hong Kong was just protesting. Russia hasn't tried to knock on anybody's doorsteps through the whole Trump administration because he was probably scared of Trump. You can sit there and say, Trump was in the back pockets of the Russians. The Russians didn't get shit but sanctions against them during the Trump administration. Russia got a pipeline to open up while we got one closed when Biden came into office. You tell me who's friends with who. Last time Russia... Actually, the previous two administrations, the Bush administration and the Obama administration, Russia was knocking on the doors of Georgia and knocking on the doors of um, where? I want to say, I just said Kashmir. Anyway, it's a country that sounds like that. I can't remember specifically. Just look it up. And then he took a four-year break when Trump was in office of going doing anything. And now that Biden's in office, he sees how much of a pussy this administration is. He's going to go and sit there and he's going to bully another fucking country. Folks, you can't see this as a coincidence. You'd have to be stupid to see this as a coincidence. But you know what? Make sure you wear your cloth mask. Get the fuck out of here, dude. This is ridiculous. So anyway, so that's my brief headline. Um, I think I'm all set. I think we got the point here. Uh, so thank you for joining. And uh, let's see. Don't forget, you can follow... You probably heard of me on Instagram because I don't do Facebook. I don't do fucking Twitter. I only do Instagram in this podcast. Instagram seems to be like, besides like Getter and those ones, I don't. those sites kind of confuse me. I haven't used them yet, though I do have them. Um, you know, Instagram, uh, our underscore chitty underscore opinion. And... You can call, leave a voicemail, anonymous voicemail, or a text at 339-224-4341. Don't forget, guys, this podcast is about all of us and everyone voicing their opinions, saying what they want, sharing what they want. If you agree with what I say, if you disagree with what I say, make us think. Let's chit-chat. Let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. You know, I am not against anything. I'm not here to fight. I'm not here to argue. You know, I'm here to be a little bit outraged, but I'm also here to be open-minded. We all need to be open-minded and hear all sides of what it is, whether we agree with it or not, because we can all literally educate each other. 
We just cannot be closed-minded. That is the key, is to not be closed-minded, folks. All right, and until next time, I will talk to you later. Thank you very much. Good night. Good night.